recap for questions is back. We've got a good one. Before we get into that, I want to thank you all. As many of you have your Spotify as your player for podcasts, we all receive the unwrapped, the year and what you listen to. And a lot of people tagged us as, hey, your podcast came up. This is awesome. And just want to thank everybody that has shared the podcast, has told a friend about the podcast, and has listened to the podcast. And many of you have submitted questions which become podcasts, which is just like this Cat 4 Questions. And we greatly appreciate that. Without you all, there is no conversation, and that's exactly what Evoke Bike is. It's simply a conversation about cycling, and many times it comes down to training and racing chatter. With that being said, I also love that 35% of you are not from the U.S., so as I try to get over to Europe a couple more times next year, into Slovenia, and maybe some riding in Italy, I don't know if I'll be riding, I'll be there for my honeymoon, but doing a Grand Fondo in Slovenia, if you happen to be at the same event, please say what's up, give us a shout out, and we'd love to meet you in person. All right, so to the podcast question, I thought this was a good one, it came from the Discord, if you're not in the Discord, you're missing out. Not trying to give you FOMO, but this question is, hey, Brendan, I think it'd be really interesting to hear about your and other people's mental approach for difficult workouts and races. For workouts, what is your optimal level of arousal slash excitement, self-talk or in the moment mindfulness? What is your emotional perception of the sensations, pain and suffering, discomfort, associated associating exercise discomfort with positive things question mark and i guess similar for races and how you keep things under wraps until it is time to unleash hell question mark so great question if you missed the pot so i sent this guy the podcast from friday december 3rd the mantra one about hard intervals that's part of it so i won't go into that piece but The optimal level of arousal and excitement, I think many times people get overexcited. I see people before a race amping themselves up. I don't necessarily see why you need to get amped up in the parking lot. I'm actually doing the exact opposite, trying to keep it super calm, trying to, and I used to be very different. I used to be like, I was never the guy, see, sorry, I'm backpedaling here. I really dislike the person. I shouldn't say that, that's strong. I find it irritating that someone thinks we all want to listen to their music. We all have such varied tastes. Just listen to your music. It's yours. We, We all don't want to hear it. I love rap music. I was never in the parking lot blasting it. If we won, maybe I left with the windows down. But, you know, to the people getting ready, we're all trying to get in our own groove. We don't want your groove. But with that being said, I'm not really playing music loud in my car, kind of just chatting to whoever's there, making sure everything's dialed and ready. And I'm more thinking about the race, getting pumped up that more is that excitement that's going to come naturally. And I want every kilojoule of energy for when things get buck wild, like this guy's saying, when when you need to unleash hell. And I don't know if it's necessarily unleashing hell, but we'll get to that. So for workouts, what's the optimal level of arousal? I think it's going, you know, to that previous podcast, thinking about it early and recognizing and respecting the workout, but also respecting all of the work that you've done to put yourself at bat and then realizing it's just a bike ride. 
no matter what workout it is, even if it's a 20-minute test that you are really wanting to crush, I will roll up to those and just remind myself, it's just a bike ride. If you just don't feel good, if things don't come out as you want, don't worry about it. There's something to letting go of that, that, and this is so hokey and <sighs> kumbaya, but when you let go of that, you just rip. It's, I've, the less stressed I've been about big workouts or what I thought was a huge deal, the better I've done at them. And then also, as we always talk about, zoom out, see the 30,000 foot overview, one workout does not make or break the training cycle. You are not a 20 minute test. Don't overthink one workout. So with that, then within the workout, the self-talk for sure. I just remind, I'm like, dude, you can do this. You can do this. Come on, come on. And it's that previous preparation where when things start to hurt, I am thinking, you knew this was coming. Did you not, you know, did you not think this was going to happen today? You knew this was it, but guess what? You've done this before. Somehow you finish this type of workout hundreds of times. So don't think about the next rep. Think about this one and just figure it out right and then you have your on the physical side the coping strategy stand sit nudge forward slide back use your hammies more maybe more quad you know i don't really dial into just one position for the whole interval because it just doesn't seem as easy to me that way and then the sensations i really and maybe this is from having a strong religious background. I can't stand the term suffering and I'm not calling this person out. People talk however you want. Just, you will never hear me say, Oh, cycling is suffering. Cycling is so freaking far from suffering. I just posted on Instagram, you know, how many people don't even have clean access, access to clean drinking water or a toilet. Like there are people out there actually suffering. We are riding three to $15,000 bikes trying to get faster. No one is suffering. I really can't stand that about cycling and cyclists thinking that we're some martyr. It's very disturbing. Not saying this, sorry, not trying to call somebody out here, but it's just pain, right? You're, you're pushing your body to some type of limit and your brain is playing a trick on you. And I don't like David Goggins because all he does is swear and I think he's just so aggressive and I just his delivery is not for me, but he's he's darn right in that it's what's what's the number, you know, when when our brain is saying stop, we're 65, 70% there, you can push yourself so much harder. I see people give up so easily. Going hard in an endurance sport and discomfort is good. That's where you grow. That's period. You know, that's the scary things in life. You try to jump at them. And I think I made the sales reference before anyone out there in sales, when you have an account, when I was selling to surgeons and I was selling at one point only to neurosurgeons. So these gals and guys are pretty darn smart and you're going to go up to them and try to catch them and somehow engage them and somehow talk on their level or medium level about growing bone or about a fixation device or something pretty technical that that scared the hell out of me. 
and I would get super nervous. And so you would just have to have these, you know, just take a deep breath. I'm like, dude, it's just calm down. Like this person's not going to bite you. Just make sure they're in a good mood, feel things out and go for it. And so it's a very similar thing. I think on the bike, like you get rolling. If you feel good, you're like, okay, like I'm, I'm actually, I'm feeling okay in this interval. I can keep going. I just got to get to, if it's a five minute interval, I can just get to minute one and then get to minute two chunking, break it up in your head. Don't just think of it as this huge five minute, horrible thing. And then racing, I think is actually, I don't know if it's similar or different because racing and my racing has changed a little bit. Uh, I've kind of, you know, I made the comment when Ian Tapp came up to me in the North Carolina state road race. And he just said, so how's it feel to be marked? And like, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting used to it now, but before in upstate New York, I just wasn't known as well. Um, probably because I didn't podcast every day and I didn't dox myself by putting out, you know, all the details of every race. We've got guys who won't even share their CTL and I'm sharing everything, because I think that's in the long in the long game, that's going to be more important. I want to try to make a positive mark on cycling, and that's definitely not going to be my results. And so I think in trying to share as much as I can that will help people get better, that's that's the route I want to go. And so in now having been more marked in any local regional race, how do I keep things under wraps until I know it's time to unleash hell? I don't know if I'm necessarily unleashing hell. I'm looking for advantageous moments where either if I'm racing alone, which will end next year because I'm going to have a lot of teammates, but the past two years I raced by myself or with maybe one to two teammates. And sometimes if you're super marked, you need to figure out how, when's the field going to split when you know there's so many variables here like how smart are the racers that we're racing if they're really smart they're going to be sending people up the road knowing that we can't cover every move when do you jump across to the move and then be able to lay down some efforts to make sure that move stays away we could this could this could be a big podcast but how do i keep things under wraps patience you just need to remind yourself that if you go full other and you know what this is something i've learned i mean there have been many races where i went out too soon too early got caught and then had nothing left and came in ninth um and that was also different when i was in upstate new york i had teammates with me so if i got caught it was them that would then be able to go and win and so that wasn't necessarily a bad move that was just the move for my team it's different now, but that actually might change now. Who knows? I mean, now that they're, if we show up to a race and there's eight of us, I can be that guy that goes off early and I don't care if I get caught. I love riding in the break. You know, if I get caught and my teammates win that we won. So I'm happy to do that. That being said, sometimes teammates more want me to wait because I do have a pretty, you know, I have a decent five to 10 minute effort. It's like, hey man, maybe you should be waiting to launch at 2K to go, send this guy up the road instead. Um, it all depends on who's there, what the course is like, so many variables. But I think patience and knowing how you can win is what makes me think about what is my chess move? What is giving me the best hand? And, you know, and then if I go to a race where I'm 
middle of the pack, you're never unleashing hell. You're just hoping that the stars align. You somehow get in a group of strong guys. Maybe you get up the road and maybe you can sprint for a podium. Um, Nationals, you're never unleashing hell on people. It's you're trying to drop a bomb for sure, but it's just when do you light that match? And I think I still think whenever this comes up, I think back to Nationals last year and I'm like, damn, what if I had just waited? I think, I mean, in retrospect, that was the move, but I thought it was going to be way spicier at the end than it, than I should say this differently. I thought it would be way spicier from 5K out than it was. It was super spicy from a K and a half out. And had I maybe made a move with 5K to go instead of bridging to those three guys, maybe that was the move. But, you know, rolled the dice and raced. It doesn't always work out. And it's going to be really hard to exactly unleash that at the right second at a race like that. So... Hopefully this answers that question, and I think it's a good one. I think it's a great one. Maybe comment below. Actually, this is a podcast. You can't comment. Go on the Discord and reply. What do you do? What's your mental mindset? How do you approach all this stuff? Good luck with everything.